everyone. I hope everyone is having an amazing day. Thank you for tuning in on tonight's late night show of The King and the Sage. Tonight I want to do a little introductory about my story. This is your host, Connor Laney. Um, I was born in a small town upstate New York called Syracuse. Um, I lived there for about four years with my mom and my sister and my dad. So why we left Syracuse was my dad uh, just decided to one day, you know what, I don't want to live on this planet anymore. And so that pushed me, my little sister, and my mom to move to California for two years. And after those two years, we moved to South Austin. And I did elementary in South Austin, which was a whole nightmare experience. I was premature about two weeks. And that left me with a speech impediment. Which, um, if you're not aware of what a speech impediment is, that is pretty much you cannot pronounce certain words or phrases or uh, syllables correctly. And it just doesn't sound normal to the average human being that can say a full sentence without, uh, well, a full sentence properly and not make any mistakes with pronouncing it and et cetera, et cetera. Um, Elementary was really, really rough. Um, me and my sister were really close during that time. She actually, we actually shared the same recess during lunch. And more times than I can count, she always came to my rescue, even though she was way smaller and two years younger than me. And I was, this, uh, this was when I was in fifth grade. Uh, so everyone's big compared to a little third grader. My sister still stood up in front of all the fifth graders who were picking on me, making me cry. And I will always love her for that. So after elementary, um, me and my family moved up to North Austin. I went to a brand new school, brand new kids, tried to get a fresh new start and it's every school I went to, it was just new demons I had to deal with. I still got picked on during school, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. And it was just a new battle, different faces, but still the same bully, bulliness, I guess you can say. Um, my biggest lesson in all of the uh, situations I've managed to get myself into as far as being picked on is you have to stand up for yourself because if you're not going to stand up for yourself no one like you're not going to have your white knight in armor come and save you every single time that the they try and come they try and attack you there's just it's just not going to happen um so i would definitely if you're dealing with that right now Stick up for yourself. Even if you get sent to the principal's office for whatever, you, you, bullying is not okay. And if you're going to the office every single day because you're getting picked on and you're trying to stand up for yourself, maybe it might click in the adult's mind, hey, this kid is getting picked on. I need to fix it. 
instead of just brushing it off his shoulder, giving you detention or whatever. Because parents just, we have so much drama going on in our lives. When it comes to our kid, if our kid gets in trouble, they might just, they might punish the kid for getting in trouble and just go on about their day, worry about work, worry about bills, worry about how they're going to put food on the table. The last thing they need to add to their plate is their kids getting bullied. But it's, it's a slippery slope. It really is. And it's, it's not an easy thing to go through. Every, I, uh, I got a virtual reality headset for Christmas uh, last year, and I'm constantly, there. there's kids of all ages, all the way from, I want to say the most common is between the ages of 12 and 16. Ev- almost every single one of them is getting bullied and really depressed and really suicidal, some of them. And they just, they... They just tell me everything that happens throughout their day, and it's just, it's miserable. And I do the best that I can from, I'm all the way in Austin, Texas, and they're God knows where. I try and give them my advice how, what I should have done when I was their age. And some days are better than the others, but it's still just like, trying to stand up for yourself is probably one of the hardest things, uh you'll have to learn how to do in this lifetime because being older now you're like if someone ever tries to get in your face like you'll you'll smack them down you'll be like look that's not okay get the f away from me before i get any more deep into this uh this is pg13 plus i will cuss so i'm sorry for those individuals that don't approve of it but this is my show and i'm gonna do what i feel is best for the show um, so after middle school, uh, I transferred to, I went to the next high school in our, in my district and there was an opportunity to go to another high school as far as, uh, extracurricular activity program for, uh, ROTC, which is pretty much like the kid version of the military. And I figured, you know what, like I need an escape. I need to be able to try and start again, fresh over, brand new faces, brand new teachers, brand new kids who know nothing about me and hopefully won't get picked on. So freshman year in high school, after the first semester, all of my grades at the original school were below B's, C's, D's, F's. But my classes that I was taking over at the other school with the ROTC program, all A's. So I spoke to my mom. I was like, hey, mom, um, can I please just transfer full time to the seller school? Because I'm doing better in grades. I have better relationship with the kids. I'm not getting picked on as bad. And the classes are a lot easier to manage. So she's like, yeah, sure. But uh, I'm not going to be able to take you every single day because there's no bus. So you're going to have to ride your bike. And I really didn't want to, but I was like, it beats having to deal with those idiots of kids every single day at the, uh, at my original high school. So I was like, you know what? Okay, fine. That's fine. I'll get a workout. 
um, and get some strong legs, to be honest, and which I did. I was I rode my bike almost every single day. Of course, that caused me to become a tardy person because I was always late because I didn't want to wake up in time to get my butt to school. But I still managed. I still managed to graduate barely, but I still managed. Um, junior year in high school, I wanted to get away from everything again and try a self-paced high school, which is pretty much uh, you could graduate high school in a week if you wanted to. It just it's all on you how fast and how how quickly you want to move through the the curricular that uh, the government decides to put on kids on what classes you need to take, you need to pass, etc., etc., etc. So I did that for a year, and I didn't really get picked on. It was pretty much you were in a cubby the entire time from beginning of school to the end of school. There were some classes that were group classes, so you got to get away from the cubby and interact with people. But it was very strict, and there was people way older than me trying to get their high school diploma. Like, I think the oldest kid was, like, 26, and I'm here, over here, just being a little lonely 17 minor, and sitting next to someone who was twice, almost twice my age. But it was, it was cool because they didn't give a fuck, like... They just wanted to get their high school diploma so they could try and better themselves in their life. Because now me being 29, if I didn't have my high school diploma, I'd, I'd be done for. Because everybody requires a high, high school diploma or a, uh, or a GED. Like, it's, it's just not even funny. Because apparently without having that little slimsly piece of paper saying that uh, you graduated, you're not good enough to do an excellent job at work, which I think is bullshit because uh, depending on the job, you might not even use all of the calculus or all of the algebra or geometry to do your job. Because some jobs, all you do is take the food from the kitchen to the customer at the table. Say, hey, here's your food. Have, I hope you enjoy your meal. Have a good day. Let me know if you need anything else. I can get you more water, more drinks, more whatever. So it's it's a just something that you have to deal with when you're under the age of 18. You kind of have to go to school. You have to uh, get an education, which don't get me wrong. You, you really, really do need an education. But they they should just make the education more efficient to how the world is once you get above the age of 18. And actually helpful towards having a successful career. And making a shit ton of money to where you don't have to struggle on a day-to-day basis on what am I going to eat for dinner oh, I can't eat that because I just don't have enough money in my bank account. I need to pay rent or I didn't pay rent this month. Like the struggles adults face are a whole different spectrum than what you face as a kid. The 
problems that you face as a kid are you have to listen to your parents because they're the ones that tell you you can do this or that. And the other spectrum is dealing with the spectrum of school, getting picked on. If you're lucky enough not to get picked on, you're one of the very, I want to say, below 5% of kids that don't get picked on. Because one way or another, you're, you're going to get picked on because someone's going to see you different. And of course you're different. No one is the same. We're all different. We're meant to be different. We're not meant to be the same because if we're the same as the next person, there's no diversity. And without diversity, it's boring. Like, I don't care what color skin you are. I don't care if you're tall or short or have three arms or two heads. I, I don't care because everyone's different. And that difference is what makes us unique. That's what God put us on this earth to experience is uniqueness. And so after high school, I... Uh, I joined the military the, a month after I graduated high school. The military was tough. I couldn't do a single push-up, but my recruiter kind of like pencil with me in because I, if, if I didn't join the military, I was going to be homeless. And I didn't have a car. I, I couldn't afford to be homeless. I needed to try and do something with my life. So... The average uh, training, basic training for an individual that joins the armed forces is, don't quote me on this, but it's like, I want to say eight, eight to 10 weeks. And I was like, okay, that's not too long. That's just two months. I'll get through it. Well, my basic training was, I think, two or three times eight weeks because I was just so unfit. I couldn't run into two and a half mile under 20 minutes. I couldn't do a single push-up. I was just like dead weight. I couldn't really do anything. The only thing I was really good at was sit-ups because sit-ups came natural. It comes naturally to you guys because we're just built for that. And so I always pass my sit-ups. So to, to pass a PT test, you have to run a two and a half mile, two mile, no, two mile. Run the two mile under, uh, every age is different, but for an 18 year old, you have to run it under, uh, leave 17 minutes and 50 seconds. Like that's the longest it can to take you to run the two mile. But I was always minute, two minutes too late. And so that caused me to be put in a program to focus a hundred percent on, getting that time down and getting better at my push-ups. And during that process, uh, the day I passed my two mile was by one second. One second, I passed it. I was so, so happy that I passed it. So I transferred outside of the uh what they call the PT program. And I went back to regular basic training, which I didn't have to do again because I already did it. I was pretty much on layover. So I was waiting for the next class to be able to ship out. So the night before ship out, 
I I got sick, really, really sick. And it was about probably two or three o'clock in the morning. Uh, I hobbled downstairs and I was like, I, I need to go to the ER like now. And so they took my temperature. My temperature was in the hundreds and they called the ambulance. And next thing you know, I was in the hospital. I was in the hospital for another, it was like a week and a half. And I was in a different state. I was in South Carolina. My mom and my sister were in Austin, Texas. And I wanted so badly for them to come up and see me and just be there with me during the time that I was in the hospital. But I was like, you know what? It's going to cost some money. I'll, I'll just stick through it because I'm a big boy. I don't need my mom uh, there with me every single second of the day. And so I got through it. I went back to the base and had to do the PT program again. And uh, once I got, once I completed the PT program uh, and shipped out, I went to my job training. So my job in the military was a generator mechanic. So just fixing generators that break, schematics, electrical, replacing broken components. It was all pretty easy stuff if you like really focus on it. I was towards the end of the school. Uh, they had this huge, huge test. Whoever completed the test first, which was to find the fault, everybody had a different fault, so you couldn't cheat and copy off the next person next to you. Um, I was actually the one who finished first out of everybody in the class. I had the fastest time. So that really made me happy. It really did. It showed everybody else in my group that I wasn't that dumb because just because I can't do 65 push-ups in two minutes doesn't mean I'm not useful because that's sad to say that's how the military really looks at you is if you can't do amazing at the physical aspect of it you're not shit because some people that's all that's they're so like oh I can do 100 push-ups in two minutes that's it's it's ridiculous because you're just gonna waste yourself out on the mile on the on the other two so first it's push-ups then it's sit-ups then it's the two mile so let's say you do 100 push-ups great that's awesome are you gonna have enough strength to do the sit-ups and the two mile run under your time limit that you're allowed for your age answer no so many people were so focused on just the push-ups that they couldn't even finish the sit-ups, let alone the two-mile run. So, of course, they had to start all over and try it again. And another, I think, I think within seven days is when you had to retake the test if you didn't pass it. So, I'm just like, look, I, I'll do, I'll do, like... 10 more than than uh, it takes to pass the PT test. And that'll just keep me under the radar. I won't be just barely passing. I'll pass with a couple extra and just do that. And so that's what I did. Uh, of course, the military, everyone is so, so strict, so micromanaged. Not everybody, but I've dealt with so many leadership problems in the military.
um, I've you see hundreds and hundreds of different leadership styles. One of my biggest things I've dealt with so far in this lifetime is d issues with leadership. So you're either one of my biggest pet peeves is micromanaging. Why? Once you tell someone what to do, let them do it. You should not be hovering over their back, making sure they do that job. Because hovering over their back is going to make them pissed off. It's going to make them not do the job that you just asked them to do. And it makes you look like, what aren't, what, aren't you supposed to be doing something right now? Like, why, aren't, why are you sticking your thumb up my ass to make sure I do the task that you gave me? That just, it makes no sense. And they, leaders talk about respect. respect. Respect goes both ways. Well, I've had numerous leaders that say this, say that exact same statement, but can't respect me. They just, they can't. And I'm like, I want to show you respect. I want, I want, I respect your title. But because you can't respect me as an individual, I can't respect you as an individual. And of course, that makes me and the other, me and the leader butt heads. So I had to transfer in the military. I had to transfer different, uh, what they call NCOs, non-commissioned officers. I had to transfer multiple times different NCOs because I just, I would always butt heads with the individual. They couldn't comprehend what respect was. When to me, respect is like the easiest thing to give someone is to just treat them nice because how, respect is like you go up to the person and say, hi, how are you? I hope you're having a good day. Simple as that. Be nice to them because what do you want in return? You want them to be nice to you. You don't want them to be an asshole and talk to you like your shit that's that's not what that's me personally that's not what i want i want to have a civil conversation with you i want to see how you're doing i want to see if there's anything i can do to help you like i want to i want to uh be there for you like i love helping people that's what i was brought on this earth to do is help people and uh i was also brought on this planet to become a leader and so I guess like all the leadership troubles I've had since the military and all the jobs I've had, I've done multiple, multiple jobs and experienced hundreds of different types of leadership. It really showed me what I feel like would be the best leader, best, best type of uh, coach out there for someone. It really taught me that. So I'm, I'm glad I experienced everything I experienced. It really showed me what type of leader I would love to become one day. And I know that one day very soon that I'm going to have situations that pop up that require me to become a leader. I, I want that to happen. I want to be there for others. And one of my... Uh, so, side note. The reason why this podcast is called The King in the Stage is because uh, if you do your soul blueprint, it tells you what type of personality traits, what type of um, 
tells you a lot of different things and I would advise you to uh, look up Soul Blueprint and just look on, on that realm of things because that's what I am is a king and a sage. The king is pretty much to organize people, projects, and procedures to reach a more balanced, optimal state of being. My main thing is I want to be everyone to be in balance, to be harm, to be in harmony, to uh, keep the peace. The other half of what I am is the sage is uh, pretty much just means they are highly intelligent and have a uncommon common sense and know when people are trying to run a bypass on reason and logic. Wisdom is very concise. Often these people do not say much, but what they have to say is profound. They are deliberate, thoughtful decision makers and often create success by helping others through their own illusions, false self-perception, and mistaking thinking. So my common sense compared to the next person's common sense, they, they do not match. My common sense is uh, what I think is common sense is not what the other person thinks. They just, they think I'm, I guess weird is the word. They, uh, they just don't see in their heads like why this makes sense. And to me, putting uh, a straw in the cup is common sense, but the other person thinks the straw goes, I don't even know. Like they just, they make up some weird way to put the straw in the cup when of course the hole in the lid is where the straw goes, but they just, they don't see that. They remove the lid and put the straw in the cup. That's like the easiest uh, description I can give you about what the whole breakdown is of common sense compared to me and the next individual. So this uh, podcast that I created, um, I want to share other people's stories. I want to share other people's experiences to help the, the, the listeners, to help others who are dealing with the same uh, drama, the same bullying, the same whatever the situation is, to give them advice on how to fix and how to make their lives easier because no one should take their own life. No one should be alone. Like, you're, you're not alone. You have so many people around you that love you and care about you. Like, it's, it's unreal. Like, don't don't ever feel like you're alone. You're not alone. You're surrounded by people who love you. Regardless if you don't, God forbid, if you don't have a family, you're next. the person next to you is your family. We're all from God. We're all brothers and sisters. All you got to do is just reach out. As hard as that may be, if you're self-conscious, if, you're, if you have insecurity, just reach out. Just reach out and be like, help me. And... There's, there's people that will listen. There's people that will listen and will help you and be there for you. I will be there for you. Just give me a call or go to my social media, Humble Deets on Instagram. I, I will help you. I want to help you. I want your life to be as successful and accomplishment and lovable as it can be. So on that note, I want to thank everyone everyone for listening on tonight's show, The King and the Sage, with your host, Connor. That's me. 
I'll be doing another episode every couple of days. It feels like because I want to I want to keep a constant, 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 constant hand out there for those of us who need the extra help or need advice or need guidance with whatever situations they got going on in personal life. Uh, every podcast from here on out, I'm going to have a particular individual come on the show and share their story. And hopefully from their story, it uh, resonates with you on a particular level and gives you advice on whatever the circumstances and makes a better outcome than it would have if you didn't listen to the podcast. So uh, tune in on uh, next episode, which should be coming out in a few days. I hope everyone has a great night. Thank you, and I'm out.